Welcome to the St. Anne Roman Catholic Podcast, coming to you from Gilbert, Arizona. We pray that God will bless your time as you listen. Good morning, everyone. I hope your Christmas celebrations have been full of joy and and full of family and friends and all of the things that bring us to the acknowledgement of this great event that we're celebrating. Uh, the society around us, our secular culture is ready to wind down, but we're only about the halfway mark. We go all the way until next Sunday, the Feast of the Epiphany. So there's still a lot to, a lot of time left for us to celebrate. Today, the church gives us the Feast of the Holy Family, and that is good and just for us to lift up uh, St. Joseph and our Blessed Mother Mary and our Lord Jesus and their family life as a model, as an example for all families who, who seek to bless the Lord and follow in their footsteps. Now, it can be very easy to say, well, that's good for them, but how can our family even compare to their orders of magnitude in a, in a different sphere than our own family? I mean, look at Mary. She was conceived without sin. And St. Joseph, this extraordinary man, of course, their son, Jesus, uh, who, how can our family compare? And yet there are a number of ways in which we can identify with the Holy Family and look at some of the experiences that they had to endure and say, okay, yes, like all families, they had their hardships. So for example, when our Lord through the angel called Joseph and said, you need to take your family and go to Egypt immediately. And this was, they were in Bethlehem. And that meant that Joseph, who was a carpenter, his tools and his business was up in Nazareth. But he had to leave from Bethlehem, which is in the south of Israel, Nazareth in the, in the north. So he had to leave without his tools. They had to go to Egypt and a different country. Certainly, they, they experienced poverty and, and deprivation and difficulty in that, in that process. Also, uh, the, the challenges of raising the God child. Can you imagine parents? Put yourself in, that, in the position of Mary and Joseph, raising Jesus, the Son of God. Uh, certainly, some of the things he would do would be absolutely baffling and extraordinary, unlike any of the other children in the neighborhood. This is <laughs> different altogether. And then things like when he went into the temple, he was gone for three days because he had a mission at 12 years old. He had a mission to accomplish. Certainly, the, the, I'm sure Mary and Joseph were scratching their heads that they had a very special child that they were caring for. Also, too, we know that Mary was a widow. And so at some point, uh, she, she had to care for Joseph in his final days, like any family who has to care for someone who's sick and dying. And then finally, at least we, can, we know that Mary experienced the greatest of all pains and suffering of any parent when she saw her son die on the cross. So it's not correct to say that they lived in a world completely detached from ours. They experienced many of the same things that 
all families experience. So that's why the church holds them up to us. Not that, not just for us to venerate them, but as an example for you as holy fam, as, as families to, to follow their example. Because as you know, if you've heard many times, all families are the domestic church. You are a church within, under the roof and within the confines of your home, you are a church. And it's in that domestic church that children and all the members of the family learn to get along with each other, accept different personalities, to be generous with one another, to be patient with one another, to forgive each other when there are offenses, to learn how to care for each other, and especially the children, they learn how to care for one another. Older children uh, helping to care and even some, in some ways raise, help raise the younger ones. And all of the different things, the sacrifices that, that parents make for their children in their time and their effort, their attention, all of these things are formative for in the life of the children and the whole family. So it's, there's, it's with very good reason that the church refers to the family as the domestic church. It doesn't take a lot of insight to recognize the great strain that families are under today. The great, all the t attacks that are being leveled at the family. Our courts, our secular society is holding up forms of so-called marriage that are complete in, in complete contradiction to God's plan for marriage. God's plan is that one man and one woman should cling to each other all of their lives and become one flesh and that they would, God willing, bring forth children, procreate, be fruitful. That's God's plan. And we see the, our society promoting so-called gay marriage, polyamory, and all of these institutions and deviations from God's norm that are completely in violation of his will. We see so many way, other things. We, we, so many people, so many young people today simply don't want to get married. If you have young sons and daughters, I'm sure you know what I'm referring to. This is the first time in the history of this country now, in the year we live, where the majority of men and women between the ages of 18 and 35, more than 50% are not married. It's never been that way. The, that the majority are unmarried. And they're not motivated. when If they do get married, I mean, they can, they can marry late. And they're not motivated because they're, they, anything that they would desire is available without the, comp, the commitment of marriage. And so this is the culture in which many, many uh, young people grow up. And the birth rate for children born out of wedlock in our country is 40%. Four out of 10 children are born to without uh, their parents being married. And that, you can just imagine, and maybe you know, the difficulties, the challenges that that presents to the, the birth mother, that presents to the children born into those circumstances. Very challenging. I'm not condemning that. I'm simply saying, well, I'm, I'm wishing that it were different. I'm praying that it were different because of the, the suffering that it produces for everyone. And we, the no-fault divorce, all of these institutions that have been developed that 
presumably are to help people, in fact, undermine marriage and make marriage very, very difficult. That's simply to say, God bless all of you who are raising families, who have raised families. You're supporting your, the next generation of your family. God bless all of you. And know that what you're doing is countercultural. And even though there are currents working against you, what you are doing is the greatest thing that you can do. It's the most profound accomplishment that any human being can attain is to live a good, strong marriage and in the process, God willing, if he, cho if he, if he so wills, to bring children into the world and raise them to become saints. So what helps and, and strengthens family life? I have some things that I, that I think are essential to strong families. Number one, this is at the top of the list, is that mom and dad should love each other. Nothing impacts the children more than to know that mom and dad love each other, giving them security, strength, and certainty, and belonging. That doesn't mean that mom and dad's marriage is perfect. That, again, Joseph, Mary, <laughs> only. But that they love each other, and that they, they, they kiss and make up when there's a difficulty and the children know there's no there's no ambiguity that their parents love each other that's the number one uh, foundation for any uh, thriving family eat together eat a meal every day together with all the activities and schedules it can be challenging but it can be done when we were kids when my dad worked late, we had our we had something to tide us over, but we all sat at the table when dad got home. That was just part of our life. We all we all sat at the table together every day, and this is this is a, an important it's kind of a liturgy of the family, and prayer, and coming together to mass every Sunday. Every Sunday, bring your children, your family to mass, praying together at home. As perhaps you've heard, there have been numerous studies indicating the impact of the families, the parents' example on their children and the way it forms the children in their faith. And especially if dad is super invested in the spiritual formation of the family. The, the, the effect is, is really remarkable. If dad is really serious about it, the chances of the children remaining in the faith and in the church are about 70%. And it, it's, it's, it's a remarkable reality. And it shouldn't surprise us because God has appointed men to be the spiritual heads of their household. And when men assume that role, it impacts the children in a very powerful way. Be open to life. Young parents, be open to life. That, not only is that an important foundation for your marriage, but it, it says something to your children, something that, a language that they may not perceive or understand explicitly, but they understand it implicitly. I know in my own case, I have a few families that I'm very, very close to. They're lifelong or, or decades old friendships. And 
all of them have raised families, some smaller, some larger families. And with the exception of one or two children, I'm talking about 25 children probably among them all, with the exception of one or two, all of them are strong, faithful, practicing Catholics who with children of their own. And in all of the cases of these couples that I'm very close to, all of them practiced natural family planning. And in most cases actually taught it. And that just had this formative influence on their children. And without having to, I'm sure they didn't tell their children, mom and dad practice NFP, but just living it out provides a culture, an environment of sacrificial love and obedience to God's plan. Being open to life. We thank God for the example of the Holy Family. There are other families that the church lifts up to us. For example, uh, Saints uh, Louis and Zelie Martin, the parents of Saint Teresa the Little Flower. Their example, they, have, they are elevated together as a couple, as saints. That the church says, here is a, an example of a family who were faithful in small things, in the little way that produced great effects in their lives and in the lives of their children. So may God bless all of you, give you the strength and the courage and the vision to continue to live out your family life as parents or grandparents, uh, helping your children to grow in the knowledge and love of God and understanding that the vocation that you've lived and that they're called to live is a vocation that will not only bring joy to the world, but also produce saints. Thank you for listening to the St. Anne Roman Catholic Podcast. For additional podcasts and media, visit us on the web at www.sanneaz.org. Again, that's www.stanneaz.org. St. Anne, pray for us.